Coming up next, the Bookening announces its books for next year. We decided this year, last year, what we did is we we did uh, these episodes called the Year in Review or the Season Redux, or I don't know, what were they called? They were called something. And in those episodes, we had discussions. We talked about like the, the who is the best villain of the year, who is the best whatever of the year. We talked about all that stuff. But we also announced our 2017 books in those episodes. The thing is, I don't know what the thing is. What's the thing, Jake? The pastor who's a master of reading, Jake Menzel, he's there, he's wearing jeans, he's got leather brown shoes of some sort, laced up. Clark's Desert Boots. Clark's Desert Boots is is what I meant to say. Nice. Of course, the Clark's Desert Boots, a fine <laughs> brand of desert boots, if yeah. ever there was one. And he's wearing a, a shirt, a, uh, what do you call that pattern? Just plaid, I guess? It's the, yes, sure, it's plaid. It's kind of big you for plaid. You call it plaid, yeah. You think it's plaid? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, striped. Striped. He's wearing a striped shirt with a collar. Does it have buttons? I'll leave that to your imagination. <laughs> yeah, it has buttons. I wouldn't leave you hanging like that, dear listener. It's got buttons all the way down to the bottom. Or, with Jake's method of buttoning up, all the way down up to the top. And that, of course, is a reference to False. sound of sanity. You got it backwards. I buttoned No, down. I did. That's right. I assumed that you were smart, so I gave you the intuitive awesome one, <laughs> and I gave me the stupid one. But actually, I do the intuitive awesome one because here's the thing, folks. If you haven't listened to Sound of Sanity, you should. It's a wonderful podcast. It doesn't have Brandon Chastain, which makes everyone sad, but it does have Ben Solzer, which makes everyone sad. It's part of the Warhorn universe. <laughs> it's part of the Warhorn universe, part of the larger, yes, the, the WU. In that podcast, I mentioned the fact that I like to button my shirts up, and then... Lord Menzel over there. Well, he adjusted his monocle. He took a sip of his <laughs> sherry, and he let loose with a tarot ter- of such... Tarot. <laughs> <laughs> what he did was he called my shirt a button-up shirt, and I said, I think you actually call it a button-down shirt. I call it button, button-down shirt. Right. Did you hear that? You hear that Lord Menzel there with his sherry and his monocle? Yeah, there it is. Monocle just popped out right into the sherry. <laughs> right into the sherry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Nathan actually, felt like a... he needed to explain to everybody why it was better to button your shirts from the bottom up. It is. It is. Because you take the <laughs> bottommost button. it go. You take the bottommost button and you take the bottommost button hole. You match them up. Then you can't go wrong. You got a shirt that's completely perfectly buttoned, which isn't as easy for some of us. Maybe you just... Jake, you just, you button those buttons and you look at yourself and you think, you, you did it again, buddy. You did it again. You look great, just like you always do. I'm not like that. I'm just a pathetic loser. I'm a man of the people, as we know. And when I go to button up my shirt, sometimes it, it doesn't work out so well. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry. I, I apologize. You got to be mindful that. of the little people, man. The hard workers, the, the, the average Joes, average Joe button down, I call him. Or button up. <laughs> Scrap. Hey. <laughs> okay. Would you like to issue a formal apology right now? 
Because you can in three, <laughs> two, one, go. I apologize for stepping on your toes and making you feel bad about using the wrong terms. And stepping on the toes of the American people. Do you apologize for that? Yes. He apologized. Now, Brandon. Hey. You've been somewhat silent so far. Somewhat. Now, how do you button a shirt, my friend? Do you button them like a, a, a regular Joe, an all-American hero, a hard-working class man, a man of the people, a, a good guy? Or do you button them like a, a gentleman? Well, I'm a mediator. You're a mediator? <laughs> so I like to go between. So I start in the middle. You start in the middle? And then I just go like this way with both hands. <laughs> You actually, yeah. you split the difference. Yeah, that's right. And you actually make sure to button two buttons at a time, that's moving right. outwards with both of your hands. It takes a lot of practice. You're the true man of the people, Brandon. Thanks. And you bring me and Jake together today. If I had to be honest, I don't know which way I button. You, you don't know? I'd have to put on a shirt, uh, and I think I start at the top. Yeah, most people, I think, do. But you start at the bottom. Yeah, just like apparently no one does. Well, that, but the other thing is that... Well, if you start at the top, it's easier we, to We know. were talking about collars, yeah. and the collars are buttoned down. Yeah. That's what makes it... A, That's what I'm talking about, is collared shirts with buttons but, all the way from the bottom to the top. Yeah, but... But, but um, you don't ever button... A, unless you're wearing, like, a tie, you're not going to button the neck hole, which means you have a button that's aligned with the button hole that... Yeah, no, no. Neither no, one I, of which is at the top or the bottom, so it's hard to get them aligned. Right, but... but the collars are buttoned down. That's why you just button the middle two buttons. The, then the collars. Oh, the collars. Them, the collars are buttoned to the shirt. You mean? Right. That's a button down. Okay. It's all very confusing, men's attire, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the women have it easy. <laughs> oh, those ladies. Yep. Yep. They just uh, throw on a dress or whatever it is they do. And of course, the mediator himself. Hey, <laughs> Brandon Chastine, the scholar who's a baller of reading. Hey. How you doing today, Brandon? Swell, Nathan. Swell. <laughs> well, folks, today we are going to... I think I started telling you about this like at the top of the episode, and then we got distracted by Jake's insistence on discussing <laughs> button, button. I button. think that's how everybody will hear it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's not the topic of this episode, though. Believe it or not, we are not going to spend the next 40, 50 minutes, whatever it is, talking about button-up, button-down church. What we are going oh, to do thanks. is we are going to talk about next year, 2018. We're going to take you on a journey into the future, Brandon. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to announce our book list for 2018. You've been waiting for it. You've you've sent us twits, tweets about this. You've you've, you've tweeted us and you've said, what what are you going to read? And you've made suggestions and we've asked you for suggestions and we put them all in the booking computer, turned the crank on that computer. It's an old computer like from the 1960s. It takes up an entire office space and we put it in and the thing started smoking and then it told us the list of books that we had to read. Would you agree with that statement, Jake? Yes, I agree with that statement. I have that computer, that big uh, room-sized computer right here in my lap. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's fact, huge. It is. It's massive. I'm huge. a very huge strong guy. As our stylish and strong. Leader. Stylish and you strong. You are stylish and strong. Stylish right. and strong. You button your shirts down like a gentleman. Like a gentleman does. Not like... Should be a t-shirt. Get Jake's face on there like Che Guevara. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in, in a speech bubble coming out that says, yeah. "I button my shirts down, like a man, <laughs> like a man." Like a man. <laughs> I think you should just release a cologne called "Like a Man." It's just it's mental, like a man. <laughs> so we have how many books? Ten books that we're reading? No, oh. twelve. The, how, we, how many months are there? <laughs> there are twelve months in a year, Nathan. <laughs> 
We actually have 12 books picked out. We also have some fill-in books. That's true. Are we going to announce the fill-in books to people? Yeah, I think yeah, we should announce not? them. But maybe we'll, maybe the 12, maybe we'll get four episodes every month from those 12 books. We won't have to fill anything in. That's right. Maybe but we will. you deserve, because we, we, we genuinely love you. We're going to tell you the books that we have kind of on the back burner, the books that we might pull at any time and spring on you. I don't know. I don't know what else to do, but just jump right into it without any ado whatsoever. What is book number 12 for the fine month of January? A cold and wintry month, Brandon. Let's call it book number one. Book number one, as I like to call it. The number one book in our hearts, our favorite book. (laughs) (laughs) Number one. It's number one. It was last year. (laughs) No, no, no. Yeah, last year was Anna Karenina, so this book has to measure up. Yeah, so Anna Karenina this year will be... (laughs) Until we have faces by C.S. Lewis. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so why did we pick that one? One of the reasons we picked it was commercial because we got a lot of traction on our Lewis episode this year, and we thought I mean, people like to hear us <laughs> talk about love Lewis. C.S. Lewis. People like C.S. Lewis, so we thought let's you know we, we like let's to give do the people some more what we C.S. want. Lewis, we're yeah. men of the people. I've never read Till We Have Faces. Has anybody here read it? Why should our readers be excited about this book? I have read it and I loved it. I think our listeners, at, I should have said, at, at, yeah, yes. our readers, <laughs> our readers, yeah. <laughs> the people, the bookiners, the fine iTunes descriptions. Um, I read it and I really liked it. It was really interesting. And and um, seemed kind of profound. I didn't really get it. It might mm-hmm. run into, as I think Brandon mentioned on one of our Chesterton episodes, it might kind of run into the what, what I'll entitle right now, the Chesterton conundrum, which is that his fiction is terrible. All of it's 100% terrible, as everyone knows and agrees with me. His fiction is the worst because it's really engaging and interesting, and then it ends by sliding into some sort of didactic point that no one cares about kind of thing. Is that what you expect that this book will do? You've read Till We Have Faces. I've read Till We Have Faces. I read it when I was in high school, and I did not understand the ending. You did not. Did you enjoy the book up until said yes. ending? And then the ending made no sense. It is a story of Cupid and Psyche. Yeah. True or false? In fact, the ending bothered me. It got on my nerves. It got on your nerves, kind of in the yeah. way that I was describing the Chesterton endings of like the man yeah. who was third, kind of like, oh, instead of giving us a good ending, he just gave us some... felt like he was trying to give us some profound ending, and it completely failed. Do you anticipate that the failure will remain yeah, in the second? Yeah, I do. You do? <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. What do you know about Till We Have Faces, Jake? Do you, I you know a... that it's by C.S. Lewis and that it's one of those weird books that people tend to really, really love. I was expecting you to say either tend to love or tend to just not know or care about, but maybe they do. Is your impression overall been that people really like that book? Um, it I, seems to be like among the people who, if someone's it, if read, somebody's it read it and engaged they, they with tend it, it's like one of their favorites. Yeah, yeah. Here's, absolutely. But yeah, I think you're right. There's not a lot of people that have read it, but yeah, it, I, I know Evangelist for it, I guess, is maybe the, the way to put it. John Updike, who we were talking about in the parking lot earlier, has a blurb on the back of that copy sitting in front of you, by the way, I noticed. Really? Of, um, what do you say about it? No, no, no. Until no, no. we have faces. Oh, until we have faces. Yeah, it's got like I mean, like the the New Yorker, Updike, the Atlantic. The Atlantic Monthly says a brilliant reworking of the legend of Cupid and Psyche. The New York Herald Tribune Book Review says the most significant and triumph work he has yet produced. The Washington Post says apparently this Oxford Don and Cambridge professor is going to be around for a long time. He calls himself a dinosaur, but he seems to speak to people where they are. <laughs> Thanks, Washington Post. <laughs> what a great recommendation. <laughs> Mr. Updike says, I read Lewis for comfort and pleasure. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. 
Read. It's a word that's spelled the same, whether it should be pronounced read or read. You can't tell sometimes until you get the context. I should have read ahead or read ahead. I read Lewis for Comfort and Pleasure many years ago, and I glanced into the book review. Oh, shoot. I should have read this whole thing. I'm sorry. I'm going to try again. I read Lewis for Comfort and Pleasure many years ago, and a glance into the book's revives my... I'm having trouble with this. Brandon, you're going to read this up to quote. That was a nice catch, by the way. Thank you. I read Lewis for Comfort and Pleasure many years ago, and a glance into the books revives my old admiration. A glance into the book? That's not even really and a... a glance. It's a, a glance. A glance into the books. What books? All of Lewis's yeah. books? So that's just like Lewis Rocks. It's not anything about Till We Have Faces. So basically oh, right. this publisher, all I noticed was that it had a uptight blurb on the back, but basically this publisher cherry-picked anything about Lewis. Oh, hey, it's a famous guy that said something nice about Lewis. We'll just throw it on we'll the back of this back, weird yeah. Cupid yeah, and Psyche yeah. book. My impression of this book is it's like when you have fanboys for a particular writer, mm-hmm. they'll have that one book that if you're a real fan of that author, that's the book you'll like. Right. For fanboys of yeah, Lewis, yeah. They, they test you. Are you a real fan of Lewis? If you're a real fan of Lewis, you'll say Till We Have Faces is your favorite novel. If you're just a casual fan, then you like Narnia or yeah. Paralandra probably or something. Or uh, but, Near Christianity. But right. if you're a real fan, then you read Till We Have Faces. And that That's, could be part of the reason I don't like it. Because <laughs> fanboys Great like Divorce that, gets too. a lot of votes too. Yeah, Great yeah. Divorce would be the other one in that category. Great Divorce is just... Uh, and I don't like the Great Divorce. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. lame. The mediocre yeah. divorce. I think That's I already right. made that wonderful joke already on the booking. Now, um... If you were one of our $50 subscribers, then you would be getting a copy of this book. And I actually have one of them that's going to be mailed to one of our subscribers. And just to tell you the kind of wonderful things you'd be getting, Nathan, Nathan Aaron Alberson, the humble and obedient host of this podcast, he wrote, he wrote this is a read book. <laughs> and that is a typo. I meant typo to write. You were typing. Right? This is a weird book. <laughs> sorry. I like it, though. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jake. You're right. It wasn't a typo. It was a Righto, I guess. <laughs> Righto. Um, <laughs> now, Jacob Metzl, the pastor who is a master of reading, he wrote in his lovely, Jake, or what's your name, Brandon? Would you yeah. agree that the pastor who's a master of reading over there, much nicer penmanship than either one of us? Oh, yes. He buttons his shirts down, and yep. he, write, he has practiced his penmanship. He, he writes went like to a some man. kind of finishing school or something. I, I was looking, I'm looking forward to this one. I've heard a lot and I'm excited about the weirdness. And then he has a line that's drawn to the thing that I wrote about it being weird. As if we haven't had enough of that lately. Jake. <laughs> and what kind of weirdness have we had lately, Jake? Milhauser. Milhauser was weird. Bradbury. Bradbury was weird. Maybe some aspects of Dubliners. Maybe I don't know, but I had Mil- Milhauser and, and Bradbury in my mind. So Maybe, maybe literature is just weird. I don't know. Uh, and then Brandon. Brandon Chastain, the scholar who's a baller of reading. He wrote... I remember when I first read this book, the ending made no sense. (laughs) I haven't read it since, and I'm looking forward to seeing whether it makes any sense now. Brandon. (laughs) I don't think it will, though. (laughs) If you want a book like this, how what would you have to do to receive a book with it? The other thing that you should mention is that you always put fine little drawings. I like to draw little drawings for people, yeah. yeah. And and uh, no less a, a, an art critic than the woman who birthed the scholar who's a baller of reading. That's right. She likes my drawings, I'm told. She does. She does. Thank you, Rhonda. She gets a kick out of them, I believe. Thank you, Mrs. Rhonda. That's the phrase. I enjoy it. Miss Rhonda. Can I call her Miss Rhonda, you think? Yeah. Thank you, Miss. Thank you, Miss Rhonda. The New Yorker, no less an authority than the New Yorker, says, 
if wit and wisdom, style and scholarship are requisites, requisites, I'm sorry, let's start that again. If wit and wisdom, style and scholarship are requisites to passage through the, through, through the pearly gates, Mr. Lewis will be among the angels. <laughs> hiss. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better than boo and hiss, so I'll leave that one alone. Uh, Los Angeles Times, that great organization, says, Lewis, perhaps more than any other 20th century writer, forced those who listened to him. I don't know why I can't read. Lewis, perhaps more than any other 20th century writer, forced those who listened to him and read his works to come to terms with their own philosophical presuppositions. Oh, no. Thanks, Los Angeles Times. <laughs> that makes me really excited for until we have faces. Basically, you should read this book because we're going to read it and talk about it. Yeah, and, yeah we're going to uh, be awesome about and it. Also, Lewis probably has some really great things in there for you. I remember really liking it. And fun fact, my my uh, the, 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 the man who is responsible for my birth, he got a job my mom, they got married, they had me, whatever. My dad, as I like to call him, he this is one of his favorite books. So there you go. Now, one thing that we should mention as we go through this whole list is that none of the books on this list were chosen by any of our patrons. And it's because we don't have any patrons at the $100 level. That is true. But the, if we had patrons at the $100 level, each of those patrons at the $100 level would have a book on this list that we're reading to you that they chose themselves. And we can only imagine what they might like to make us read. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> Probably yeah, Harry Potter. Probably Harry Potter. When I said probably we can only imagine, I didn't mean there was a wide variety of things. I meant they'd make us read Harry Potter, and that's what we can imagine. Or Twilight, maybe. Oh, um, no, they can't make us read Twilight. They I can't. refuse. <laughs> refuse the day I quit. Within, within reason. I, I don't know. We probably have yeah. some kind of... Yeah, like, yeah we uh, have. There's some disclaimers. I mean, I think... I might argue that it would be, be fun. Shooting to, myself. <laughs> we just and here's the contextual text and blah blah blah, and we just hear. Wait, those are real guns. <laughs> Stop, Brandon. Stop. <laughs> no. Ah. <laughs> be a fun episode, minus the part where you're moldering in the ground, being eaten by worms afterwards. That part yeah, would be sad. That would be sad. Well, guys, that's the book number one. Yes, yeah, so that's January, February, February, the coldest month, but also Austin month. Austin month. I love Jane Austen. I'm going to go back in time, as we talked about on some episode uh, a little while ago. I'm going to get a Triceratops. I'm going to take it to Jane Austen. I'm going to be like, hey, Jane Austen, I have a Triceratops. She's going to be like, sweet Triceratops, baby. And then we'll uh, go meet G.K. Chesterton. We'll send some funny tweets. It'll be good. You can listen to that on our Chesterton episode. We talked all about it. Brendan's going to write a novel about it. Hey. And uh, it's going to be called <laughs> The Time Twitter Guy or something like that. I, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say Jane, no, Jane Austen will say sweet baby or whatever she'll obviously use the English her era version of sweet baby whatever like that is a most amusing whatever I don't know I'm not Jane Austen but uh, I'm just the man that Jane Austen's gonna love as soon as they invent time travel anyway Austen February it's Jane Austen month Jake what are we reading by the great Jane herself Mansfield Park Mansfield Park Brandon have you read Mansfield Park I have not You've not read Mansfield not Park. Read. It's right. one of the ones I have not read. Okay, Jake, have you read Mansfield Park? Nope. Do you guys know anything at all about Mansfield Park? I yeah. have heard it's one of the more difficult difficult to get into maybe, but good payoff, I don't know. It is the book I believe that she wrote after Pride and Prejudice. Uh, this might be apocryphal. I'm not sure. Not apocryphal. This might be. This might not be true. I, I didn't do any research before saying this, but I seem to remember that it is 
some people have definitely made a good argument that it's kind of the not the anti Pride and Prejudice because I think she would stand by Pride and Prejudice, but there is in fact a character that's very much like Elizabeth Bennet who is portrayed in a very unflattering light in this book. And she and ends it, up getting her comeuppance instead of or something like that. Spoiler alert! I mean, um, yeah, it's a really interesting book. A lot of people don't like the heroine, if that's how you say that word, heroine. Yes, it's pronounced just that's the right. same as the drug. Um, that's right. A lot of people don't like the heroine. They feel she's kind of... In the same way that people don't like Emma or... No, in a very different way. People who love Emma would specifically be the same people that would hate this girl. Because this girl's kind of just... She's not the sparkling, witty Jane Austen heroine that we all (laughs) love. She's very different. I won't spoil it for you guys, but she's a lot different. And it makes it a much more challenging book because you're... For some people, it's actually might be my favorite Jane Austen novel. It's not as funny as we've we've actually burned through already the most the two most funny Jane Austen novels which would be Pride and Prejudice and um Emma Emma uh, this one is less funny it's a little bit more dark it's a little bit more sad it's a little bit more long but i think the payoff's tremendous and i think the wisdom of Jane Austen and the humor of Jane Austen and the awesomeness of Jane Austen shines through so i'm really looking forward to it I thought about not doing this one, but having us do Sense and Sensibility or one of the ones that people tend to know and like a little bit better. But I really just thought it would be fun to just tackle what everybody, I think most people agree is Jane Austen's most challenging and and maybe some people would say hard to like. I will predict that you guys will really like it because you guys are smart and you like good things. And that's why we do this podcast. I think you'll like it. I think you'll get it. I think Jane Austen will be speaking your language, but, uh, I predict that you're correct. Um, it's, 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 it's really fantastic. Maybe, maybe, maybe more moving than her other novels. I I like Jane Austen. I don't know if we've discussed that before. We've discussed it. Um, she's one of my favorite authors and this is, this, this might be my favorite book. So anyway, that's February, the cold month, and yet war- Jane Austen will be warming our hearts, a little romance, a little, some hearts. It's Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, yes, everyone's favorite. What are you going to do for your wife this Valentine's Day, Brandon? Uh, I don't know. You don't know? I think he does know. He's winking at me right now. He's, he knows, he knows. Uh, he, just, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want to spoil it because... She knows. listens to this podcast. She listens to it. You're gonna li- I'll tell you what you're going to do for, for, for Valentine's Day. You're going to record four fine episodes or however many That's we right. get on Jane Austen's Manfield Park. She's one of our fiercest, uh, most honest critics. Fiercest, most honest critics. And yet, a, a, can we say a fan? A fan, yeah. A fan, yeah. I'd say right along with Lady Mensel. Lady Mensel, yes. <laughs> She's a fierce critic and a fan. Yeah. I, I enjoy the feedback of both of your wives. They weren't a big fan of the Shakespeare episodes, as we established, but... Uh, Which is how we knew they were bad. Yeah. Your wives, you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. No. No, not our wives. <laughs> the episodes. Sorry. <laughs> what... I thought you meant because our wives said it. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I wasn't following. There's a bug flying around my head. If anyone can kill that bug, it's Jake Menzel. <laughs> And yet the bug is flying around your head. <laughs> and I'm going to stay right here. I'm like, sorry. Seems <laughs> comfortable over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anybody, uh, any, anything else about Mansfield Park? Jane Austen, you guys looking forward to this novel? Absolutely. I love having Austen Month and having, it makes me know that of in a year full of books that I may or may not be familiar with, this one I'm almost guaranteed to love. So, That's And right. an author that even if you don't love it, then you'll just Absolutely. be like, oh, there's something wrong I'm with wrong. me because right. she's awesome. Not many people like that out there, but yeah. Yep. We usually read two of them per year, and that would be Lady Jane and... Uh, Bill. Bill. <laughs> Lady Jane <laughs> and Bill. <laughs> Billy S. <laughs> Billy S. Um, all right. After February, 
the, comes March. Comes March. It comes it in, in to, like a lion. It starts to warm up. Mm-hmm. The movie scene starts to heat up a little bit. As oh, is this well. the is this the month? Oh. This is an interesting one, folks. This is a very interesting one. We'll be reading Ready Player One, and there'll be a, a Spielberg movie on Ready. Is it Spielberg? Yeah, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. A Spielberg movie on Ready Player One that drops on at the end of March, March 30th. So you'll have read Ready Player One. You have listened to our episodes on it, and then we'll, we'll all go to the theater together. To <laughs> we'll see it. all go to the You're theater. You're all invited. Unless, unless, <laughs> unless we decide it's the worst novel ever. Yeah, if there's like some horrible sex scene or something, we'll try and tell you in time or something. I don't know. I don't think there probably is. It's like, I a, don't think yeah, it's is. just supposed to be one of those, the epitome of playing on your 80s nostalgia, not, <laughs> early 90s nostalgia kind of things, right? Yeah. Like, it's um, it's like this, the Stranger Things of novels and books. <laughs> basically. I, ha- I have a friend who is a big sci-fi fan and he said, this is the only opinion. I don't know anything about Ready Player One, excuse me, besides what the Steven Spielberg, the trailer for the movie tells me, which is that the trailer for the movie, you like see the guy, he goes into a virtual reality world and he's driving like the Back to the Future, the car past the Iron Giant and Freddy Krueger's trying to get him. And it's like all this... This pop culture is, stuff yeah, that we all remember and lots of references lots of reference i talked to a friend of mine who's a big sci-fi fan and he said he tried to read that book because because he loves sci-fi and he gave up because it was just pure 80s nostalgia like there wasn't actually an interesting idea as a mm. sci-fi guy for him it was just like people that love to remember back to the future and freddy krueger and all that stuff would really like it but he doesn't have a lot of nostalgia for that part of his life, so he wasn't a big fan. I, I don't know. You guys nostalgic about the 80s? You love no. you love the 80s? Like VH1's fine program taught us and to that do? That opinion makes me wonder. Do you love the 80s, Brandon? Did you like Stranger Things? I, mm, yeah, Stranger Things is fine. Okay. I watched the first two episodes, and I gave yeah, up. They get better. They get better? Yeah. They do get better. I assume they probably would, but... Once the sheriff's character de- develops, he's got a good payoff. Yep, yep, yep. Jake, you watched the Stranger Things... No, I've I've been meaning to. I like to wait till till shows that hit hot have proven themselves before I in in have some seasons for me to Yeah. Which to be fair, if it's following the Stephen King template, which another famous show that I think we've all seen did and that show is called Lost, uh, which is very yeah. Stephen King imp- uh, influenced and has the same flaws as Stephen King, which is the endings of his novels always suck because just like the endings of a lot of supernatural kind of stuff does cuz it's like really cool when you're setting it up and you know world building and stuff and then you actually have to do something with like well how do they defeat the monster well that's a thornier question than you know if there's something cooler to build a a monster that seems unbeatable right exactly (laughs) and then to have someone beat it it's like just goes into oh well kate threw lock off the cliff or whatever spoilers for a show from 10 years ago or whatever Uh, um and then they put the cap on the smoke thing is that how lost ended they put the cap on something they, they literally like put <laughs> a lid on something. Up, yeah, yeah. something yeah and then they were all in heaven together standing outside of a chapel or something um right but ben and hurley couldn't go or oh. hurley couldn't go hurley's a big fat guy right yeah hurley could go couldn't he didn't he stick around and... i think so i don't oh he, st- he just he didn't even die he just he stayed outside of heaven for some the reason gar- new guardian or whatever oh he's yeah. the new guardian of the island yeah oh yeah. Boy. <laughs> Why are we it talking was about really this? stupid. Well, here's the thing about Lost, though. First two seasons, really just the first season was great. And then the second season, you were still with it. And then it got it progressively dumb. And... 
I'm going to, without only having seen two episodes of Stranger Things, I'm going to predict that uh, I'm just going to be a jerk. And, and I hope I'm proved wrong. And maybe I will be. But as a grumpy guy that's, you know, I've been around the block. This isn't my first rodeo. Lots of shows like Stranger Things come out of the gate strong. X-Files, whatever, all these supernatural shows, they always come out of the gate strong with like a really cool mythology. And, and then they have act- a really great idea at the start that's really captivating. And that's what's been developed and they don't know where to take it. Right. Yep. There are only a handful of shows that have moved towards a satisfying conclusion. It's the questions that are the interesting thing. The questions that were the interesting thing about Lost and when they started answering them. It's like, yeah, to oh, be fair, really- that's always a hard thing for a writer of those kinds of things supernatural it's like it's much more interesting to know that there's a smoke monster out there and not to know what it is there's no possible solution for what the smoke monster is that would be anything but disappointing what's interesting about the smoke monster the very thing that's interesting is that you don't know what it is yeah once you know what it is it doesn't there's 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 no possible thing the smoke monster could be that would live up to whatever your dread or feeling of this so anyway, I don't know what that has to do with Ready Player One, but... Uh, nostalgia. Nostalgia. <laughs> well, you were about to ask, you asked Brandon if he could get into something that wrote on pure nostalgia. Yes, he, thank, he thank had you his for, doubts. Thank you for keeping us on the thread because I want to ask you the same question. I think I can. I think I'm enough of a sentimental dork uh, who has plenty of nostalgia for the 80s and 90s that I could totally just enjoy a book that played me like a fiddle yeah i hope I'm, i would love nothing more let me just say i am rooting for ready player one to be a book that we all really enjoy and have a fun time talking about and don't rip to shreds i do not i would i'm going to be really disappointed if it's just the cynical oh the bookening does some episodes about how they read a new modern popular book and it was just as lame as they thought it would be there would be it would be I, so much fun if it was actually good my if i have any fears about it it'll be that i secretly really love it because i love junk food and it's just good junk food good junk food and you guys are like this is terrible oh, and let's oh, be no. sophisticated about how stupid it is Hemingway would i'm like have done oh, it i kind of liked it so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would be cool to be in the back of the future car <laughs> well I, to our best yeah we're gonna we're gonna we're rooting for it we're gonna give it the benefit of every doubt we possibly can and you know, if it will, is just a fun, what are you gonna say? I will say this: Spielberg is one of my favorite directors. Yeah. So I like a lot of that campiness. Yeah. Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park; those are some of my favorite movies. What's the best Spielberg movie of all time, Brandon? Indiana Jones, the the first one, yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I was not thinking you were gonna say that, and then I was gonna get to be the cool like outsider that said that. Yeah. And so I was looking forward to it, and you've taken that away. <laughs> I from take me. it from you. But um, Indiana Jones is mine. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm gonna have to just to just jump on your bandwagon. Raiders of the Lost Ark is the best Spielberg movie. You jumping on that bandwagon? Sorry, guys. I'm right there on the bandwagon with you. <laughs> How can you not I hate to be wagon? that guy, but <laughs> I'm just going to ride the wave. I really wasn't expecting... He's the greatest. It's not, that's not like the Spielberg movie, is it? Doesn't everybody oh, like... E.T. Close or Encounters. E.T. Or, or Close Encounters. Or, or even for our generation, even though everybody would kind of admit it's lame, but it's just so much fun to remember our experience of it. Jurassic Park. Right. Um, I, I like Jurassic Park. But Raiders of the Lost Ark is just a perfect movie. Perfect action scenes, perfect humor, so many little witty moments, just... Things like just little details like the swastika burning off of the yeah. crate that's holding the ark. There's just a million things like that. Well, that and fun. then you've got the, I'm sorry, but is there better theme music oh, to a Spielberg no. film? Nope. There isn't. We, we've probably, I think we've talked about this somewhere else, but. Probably. <laughs> and I think, uh, oh, no, no, we were talking about the, the music of. Uh, Superman. Superman. 
And so I ended up going uh, picking Star Wars, and you picked, right. uh, did I pick Raiders? You, you picked Raiders, yeah. But of a Spielberg film, it's, yeah. There's no argument. Yep, it's a great movie. It's a perfect movie. I mean, the ending is perfect. The fact that it was an action movie that didn't end with an action scene, but ended with just a Nazis melting scene. Yeah. Um, I mean, even the religious allegory kind of works. Maybe I'll have to cut that out because it's stupid, but it's like, it's kind of cool. No, it was a know. kid who had enough, enough Nazis are evil. Right. God is good. Right. <clears throat> I know what the Ark of the Covenant is right. in the Ten Commandments, and I know that that was a thing that was lost and also holy and weird. And, you know, like you just, you, as a kid who, especially one that grew sort of, grew up sort of in and out of, out of church, there's just enough mystique about all of that that was just like, that was really cool. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Nazis all get fried to death and their skin melts off and it's rated PG. That is one of the most, well, there's In PG the whole, movies. Just that, like, even just yeah, that moment, close your eyes. Like, yeah, close you your know. eyes. Well, and the, the stupid zealot French guys, like, it's beautiful. And then it, and then it suddenly like turns into this demon thing. And yeah. Uh, yeah, wonderful movie. And one of the best car chases of all time. And everything about that movie. Let's go watch Indiana Jones. We should watch yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> well, I hope Ready Player One, we're going to be seeing the movie. So we'll give you th- your, our thoughts on the movie. Just yeah. So that was that's Marsh. It comes in with a, like a lion. We'll see whether it goes, well, we'll see what it, what it comes in like and what it goes out at. We'll assume it probably comes in like a lion, goes out like a lamb, leading us into March or January, February, March, April. April. Now, April, when we had discussed this, we originally came up with a oh, book cool. called... By the Frenchman, the French existentialist philosopher Albert Camus. Albert Camus. The Stranger, but we axed that book, and Mm -hmm. we chose to go with what, Brandon? Kazuo Ishiguro, Remains of the Day. Remains of the Day. Yep. Are people going to like that book? They're going to like it, yeah. It's a good... Well-written British book from it's got an e. How do you describe it? It reads a lot like James Joyce. Very smooth, readable prose, but very beautiful prose as well. About this butler in Nazi the the era of World War II in a British home and the conflict that he deals with. Most people know the movie um, with Anthony Hopkins and yes Emma Watson. No, Emma Watson's the girl from Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Yeah, Emma Thompson. Thank you. <laughs> Emma, Not Watson's Emma, Emma Watson's Hermione. Hermione. Yeah. So most people know the movie, but the book is beautiful. And the reason we're going with it is because, and can I say it's today? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Today, they announced that Kazuo Ishiguro won the Nobel Prize because for literature. Ishi- this is just a completely random question. That's not a very British name, Brandon. No, he's a Asian writer, but I don't know a whole lot about him. Does It'll he be fun. come from the fair country of Asia? Or? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think he, I, 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 like I said, I don't know much continent. about him at all, actually. He's from the same era as writers that I admire. I've mentioned Salman Rushdie before Mm -hmm. and kind of came out of the closet as actually really, really loving Salman Rushdie novels, Mm -hmm. though we can't recommend Salman Rushdie at all and can never read him on this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) So Kazuo Ishiguro, he's kind of from the same era. He's not really postmodern. He's kind of a pre-Milhauser, actually. And um, I th- that's probably the closest style we've had to what we'll be seeing in Remains of the Day. When I read it many years ago, I loved it, and I think I'll love it again. The Good. character right. of the butler is great. Spect, I'll love it as well. I've not seen the Anthony Hopkins movie. Jake, you have any familiarity or uh, no. experience with this thing? Oh, nope. I know. If anybody has read E.M. Forster and really likes E.M. Forster, then you'll really like this book. 
Cool. I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad that we switched it. I'm so glad we're not doing The Stranger. The Stranger was going to be one of those things that we were going to read it and we probably would have gotten some good episodes and maybe we'll still do it one day. But um, it's like going to put it down on our list of things that have been suggested. And yeah, and we thank you for your suggestions. I think that one was a suggestion. It was a and suggestion. It was a good suggestion. And we were trying to, trying to accommodate one of our listeners by picking it yeah and we'd love to do it someday i mean i think it's i've read it i think um it's 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 fine it's interesting um but, but in the end remains of the day is better yeah remains of the day is not an existential well maybe it is i don't know um but uh brendan's making like a mm, eh, eh, face it's a bit <laughs> it's the only way i can communicate that face in an auto <laughs> audio fashion we'll see and uh maybe we'll watch the anthony hopkins movie who knows what we'll do that i mean movie. i assume there's an, if there's an Anthony Hopkins movie based on a book, it'd be rather silly of us not to watch it, I would think. You guys, yeah. we're going to watch this movie, right? It's a good Absolutely. movie. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be. I think it won the Academy Award like for Best Picture that year, maybe. I think so. Was that pre-Silence of the Lambs, Hopkins? Uh, I think it was after, but... I'm not going to look it up. My PC ran into a problem and needs to restart. I'm going to look it up for you. Jake's looking it up. Got it right here. I'm on IMDb. I'm going to scroll down. Nominated for eight Oscars. 16 wins and 25 nominations. <clears throat> 16 wins. Uh, across the board. Across the board. Oh. Probably BAFTAs and stuff as well. So these oh, okay. are nominations. One, yeah, one a BAFTA. Hopkins won a BAFTA for Best Actor and a Dallas-Fort Worth Film Critics Association Award for Best Actor. <laughs> hey, Dallas. And Shout out. a David D. Donatello <laughs> Award for Best Foreign Actor. All right. The David D. Do- Wait, Hopkins won the Best Foreign Actor from David D. Donatello? Huh. Yeah, I'm going to guess that. Italian? Yeah, it's some other. Someone who would think think of Hopkins as a foreigner. Yeah, so there, but there were no, uh, there were no Academy Award wins. There but were only. Huge nominations. It was one. It nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor in a Leading Role, Best Actress in a Leading Role, Best Director, Best Writing. Who's the chick, by the way? It's Emma Thompson. It's Emma Thompson. Okay. Best Art Direction, Set direct Decoration, Best Costume Design, Best Music, Original Score. These were all nominations, but nice. no wins. No wins. Various wins and very small. Won three awards at London and one at Kansas City and, yeah, things like that. I think Hopkins has to be one of my favorite actors. He's just, like, the coolest guy actor ever i mean it's just always good to see anthony hopkins in something except for now because he's old and doesn't seem to care anymore yeah. shows up he was in- great in uh the mark of zorro yeah no mm-hmm. the mark of zorro was awesome he had that like didn't really even try to do a spanish accent but kind of did a little <laughs> bit yeah <laughs> No, Anthony Hopkins is just one of my favorites. I love Anthony Hopkins. I, I'm always sad to see him in like a Thor or something. <laughs> that's, that's my, what's the reason Anthony Hopkins movie that pops into my brain? Right. It's the Mark of Zorro. It's like I'd be like 15 years old. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, for, but in the 90s, like he was an unstoppable force of awesomeness, like everything he did. That's have right. you seen The Remains of the Day, Brandon? Yes. The movie? You have seen it. I have. And it's good. It's good. It's good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Surprise. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, one of those, what's it, Merchant and Ivory movie, right? Those yeah. guys did a bunch of high hoity-toity literary kind of adaptations or something, didn't they? Sure. High class, we'll say. Uh, I don't know. Classy. Good literary adaptation. I don't know. Uh, so that's mm, April. Correct. April flowers breed. May. May. Showers. showers. We had some May showers this past year. We mm-hmm. had some May showers this past year. Yeah. 
lots of people were upset and crying about our take. Uh, May is usually the month where we choose a children's book. <laughs> what did oh. we do? Oh, oh, that was Winnie the Pooh month. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Cry us a river. Winnie the Pooh. Not as good as you Winnie think. Winnie the Boo. Yeah, Winnie the Boo, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, right, so last year May, we, children's book. We went after Winnie the Pooh. We showed that bear <laughs> what <laughs> was what. That's right. <laughs> This year we go after somebody that we all love. Beatrix. No, 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 no. You're wrong. False. We go after our pal Strunk's friend. Oh. Oh. E.B. White. Charlotte's Web. Oh, yeah. We're going to like that one. We're going to love it. We're going to love it. Because he's good. Right. Yeah. It's the the anti I didn't know what he was doing. (laughs) 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 And I'll just stop right here. If you, we actually did like Winnie the Pooh. We really did. Go back and listen to the episode. Listen people, all the way through to the whole thing. People reacted like they got a whiff that we weren't like 100% fawning over Winnie the Pooh and had some thoughts about it. They assumed the worst. They assumed yeah. that we hated everything. What were you saying, Brandon? Said, I'm towing the line. They've created the monster they wanted. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh sucks. <laughs> yeah. I wish A.A. Milne had never existed. <laughs> Tell him, Brandon. We're going to have a Christopher Robin movie, apparently. Yeah. It's supposed, to be, uh, Pretty it's supposed bad. to be good, actually. It's supposed to be very sad because <laughs> it's based on the story of Christopher Robin, which was... And guess what? He had a bad dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't want to hear that, do we? Yeah, well... It's almost like some of the stuff we were saying was true. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I want to say we maybe the character of the author affects you know yeah. the things he writes about. Yeah, maybe, maybe if you have a bad dad writing children's books, there are going to be some things that creep into it that you know. Weird, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes. Who, who can tell? Really, who can? T- who, who, knows? Knows? who knows? You'll have to go back to listen to our episodes <laughs> to uh, find out. I think. Yeah, but actually, we really did like Winnie the Pooh a lot. It's just uh, yeah. I feel like I should say that because I actually don't want us to um, angry mob to run in here and <laughs> burn us with torches. And <laughs> Winnie the Pooh is hilarious. I love it. Yeah, no, it's great. It's funny. Jake knew. Jake's a smart guy. He knew that going after Winnie the Pooh is going to be like a big move for us, <laughs> and we're going to have to. You know, he's like, this is going to be controversial. I had no idea people. We're so. <laughs> we ended ex- up having a big fight about it beforehand because I was like, "Man, we better understand what we're in for." Yeah, Jake like came <laughs> in all depressed, like, "Oh, guys, can we really, you know, do we even want to do this?" And I was just like, "Yeah, what's the big deal? It's Winnie the Pooh. Who cares?" <laughs> well, apparently, oh, a lot they, of people <laughs> they cared. I don't think they've ever cared so much. Yeah, that that might be the number one. And in fact, I'm just going to say that is the number one most controversial in our now over yeah. well over sixty episode run. That's the one. Yep. Therefore, it's one of the ones most worth listening to. Yeah, I know. Yeah, go back and listen to it. it. It's a good episode. Yeah. Download it today at uh, iTunes or Stitcher. We're on Stitcher now. Wherever you listen to your podcast, go to Warhorn Media. Anywhere. Anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. We, we, we've never been more accessible than we are today. No, yeah. Basically, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we'll be there. If you've been one of those people who's been frustrated because you have an Android phone or whatever, and you're like, man, I got to go to the website. Nope. Not anymore. We're on Android, baby. That's right. We're there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Moving right along. Moving right along. So what May. month are we in now? We just, June. March. We finished finish May. We, had, we had to say we're doing Charlotte's Web, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. White. So yeah, we, we, we don't need to make a case for why yeah. anybody should read that, right? It's by E.B. White. It's Charlotte's Web. It's great. You should read it. E.B. White, like, defined what good writing is. He wrote the best book. He wrote book the on. book. If you want to know how to be a good writer, like, we could almost do that book on the booking, and it would be a good, fun book to do just because it's a great book. Elements of style. Elements of style, I mean. Third edition. 
the fourth edition can take a long walk in the sticks. It's trash. It's trash. It's garbage. 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 Junk. Filth. Filth. <laughs> Slime. Excrement. <laughs> um, okay. Putrefaction. <laughs> Putrefaction. <laughs> I was quoting Princess Bride, I think. Oh, you're I it think it was, yeah. yeah. Um, Land war in Asia. Land war in Asia. <laughs> Anybody want a peanut? Have, <laughs> or just have fun storming right? the castle. <laughs> Uh, all right, all right, June. June, the June. sixth month of the year. We're halfway through now, folks. The oldest book we have ever done, maybe the oldest book we will ever do. What? Oh, yeah. It's not even really a by, book, exactly. By the great Homer. The great Homer. And not Simpson. <laughs> not Simpson, no. <laughs> the Odyssey. The Odyssey. They do the Odyssey. Oh, I forgot we were doing this one. Yeah. It's going to be great. A good sea journey book. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. <laughs> 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 we're gonna need Robert F- Fagels, by the way. Is the is a trans- We're gonna we're gonna write to Fagels and ask him to put that blurb on the front. The yeah, sea a good sea journey, journey book. book. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we all remember about the Odyssey. That's a good my journey. dream. Is to you got your Horatio home horn blower and you got yeah. your Odyssey and That's right. Um, arguably, it has things besides good sea journeying. It does have oh, that quite but. a bit. <laughs> And we are doing the Robert Engels translation. Fagels. Fagels. Fagels sorry. Robert Fagels. A lot yeah. of, of men get eaten. <laughs> Lots of men get eaten by more than one creature, right? Yeah. Um, no, but the prototypical Wonder Woman is, is a feature. Yes, 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 yes. yes the goddess of Athena. wisdom herself. Yeah. Yeah. Athena. Yeah. <laughs> 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 We'll see if those comments hold water when we come back to the Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then also the prototypical good wife, too. The prototypical good wife with the prototypical man that completely doesn't deserve her at all. It <laughs> nope. spends like a year on an island with some goddess or something. Gets like back that. and kills yeah, all the men. He was brainwashed or something like that. Yeah, sure, sure. He had he some gets back plausible he, deniability. Yeah. Oh, I was brainwashed, honey. <laughs> Let me kill all these guys who looked at you sideways. <laughs> I'm gonna go again right. <laughs> <laughs> just showed up to murder all these guys that's, that's basically <laughs> the thought you were cute i just went out with the guys for 20 years gonna kill all these guys and then yeah. hit the road it's a great book we'll see we'll, we'll see how we actually feel we're having fun right now we'll see how we actually how much of our uh, snarky 21st century values we bring to it maybe, maybe a lot i don't know i don't know I think I'm going to love it as much as I did before. I oh. loved it as a kid. Did you I guys read that? Book? I've read it recently. Read it. You've read it recently? Like really? in the last couple of years. Really? Yeah. Just wow. for fun? Just like for and class? Or for Enjoyed fun? it? Or for class. For class. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. yeah. It's every, yeah, it holds up. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. I read it when I was, I think, 15 and I just, I loved that book. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. That was one of those books where I was just like, oh, classic literature that you're forced to read in school can actually be like as awesome. cool as anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mrs. McDonald's freshman year. I discovered Homer and Shakespeare because she had these terrible tests. I also hated Dickens because she had these terrible tests. I've talked about her before. She's the one that would be like, what color was the handbag? That's right. That's her. I hated Dickens, but I couldn't not love Shakespeare and Homer. But she's the only teacher I've ever had outside of Mrs. Libby Culliver that has successfully made me read things. And man, I'm grateful for that, despite those terrible tests. Despite the terrible tests. Well, we won't give you a terrible test. (laughs) Yeah, the Odyssey is great. Looking forward to it. Yeah. This is the, why, did, why did we decide to go with this translation? Because it's the best translation. That's a good it's reason. The exact same reason we went with Shamus Heaney. <laughs> right. <laughs> same reason we went with um, Volkovich. Volkovsky. Yeah, Volkovsky and Pevier. For yeah. Um, Anna Karenina, yeah. Translation matters. Yeah, I mean, if anybody reads ancient Greek or whatever, I guess they can read it. In this is widely considered to be the best translation. I would say if people like Beowulf, then they'll like this even more. 
Now, I'm not familiar enough. Is this translation in prose or poetry? It's in poetry. Because I've read it, and yeah. I've read translations in both. I've, I've, I think the first time I read it, it was written as prose. Just like but the written. poetry will be different than what people are expecting. It's not rhyme, it's meter based. So people will like this. If they like monsters and cool stuff yeah. and Star Wars and cool stuff. Yeah. And, and, and for those of you who like maybe read the Iliad and thought, uh, oh, the well, it had some cool stuff, but it sure has some really boring things yeah. in it. And it was just like, Yep. Battle scenes over and over again. Where this guy threw like, a spear. Then this guy threw a spear. Then but, they did something but, no, but it's not that. It's this guy who was the son of this guy who was the son of that guy who did this other thing through his spear. Right. <laughs> and it hit the shoulder of this guy who did this who was the son of this guy who did that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no, that is all the way through and the blood was seeping out into the ground. Right. And it yeah. crunched his bones. <laughs> <laughs> but the Odyssey is like... Less lineage, it's, more bone crunching. It's great. Yeah, lots it's of bone much crunching. Much more fast-paced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots that of good, Cyclops gets oh, some great scenes. Yeah. Lots of different scenes. and You got the Cyclops. You got the, the what are those? The sirens. The chicks, yeah, the sirens. Oh, you yeah. got the, what's the monster on one side and the monster Shabarl. Scylla and Charybdis. Scylla and Charybdis. Sounds like Pokemon, but they're not. They're <laughs> they monsters. Pokemon uh, sounds like Homer. Yeah. Sounds like Homer. That's right. Pokemon sounds like Homer. Yeah. So that is June. Now we're going into the hottest month of the year. Oh boy, July. We need some some fun beach reading once you start to hit July. Oh, do, do, do we have some? Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually remember what's on the list. Oh, buddy, it's yours. It's all you. Oh, is this me? It's you. Oh, no. What is it? <laughs> it's The Big Sleep. The Big Sleep by Raymond Chandler. Now, I only mention Raymond Chandler about five times every episode because I love that guy. He's a great stylist. I am really mad that they talked me into doing this because probably like, you know, whatever, maybe it won't seem as good to them because, you know, like they're not as cool as I am, but I'm still going to love it no matter what because Raymond Chandler's the man. Now, I think you guys will like his style. I don't know whether you like the story or not, but we'll find out. It'll be interesting. You guys... I like Humphrey Bogart. You like Humphrey Bogart? Have you seen The Big it Sleep? Meant you yeah. had these same fears about uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes, and they were completely unfounded. That's true. We loved it, yeah. We yep. loved that book. That's true. Well... So I'm excited. I'm, I'm maybe more excited about The Big Sleep than almost anything else on the list, just because I want to figure out why... Well, maybe it's just because we're friends, but I want to figure out what he does for you. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Well, he definitely does something I love. He's just, he was the guy, he was the guy that opened up a window for me into what modern style, what, you know, when you read Shakespeare, it's like that style, but how do you do that now in the 21st century? How do you do that? And Chandler was a modern hip for his time, Los Angeles, cynical detective writer, and he was also a very good stylist. So that's principally what I love about him, and I think you guys will appreciate that too. He's also an interesting moralist and an interesting character writer and an interesting detective guy, and I dare say a more interesting one than uh, Little Miss Graysells, whatever her name is. Uh, Agatha Christie. Lady Lady Agatha Dame Christie. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm a little, I'm joking partially, but I am a little trepidatious. It's always, you know, like with something wicked that was a good example it's just like it's hard to kind of sometimes go back to things that you really liked as a kid maybe you're not in the same place maybe i won't like it who knows but yeah we'll find out what after that traumatic experience we will go into the fine month of august august is shakespeare month august and shakespeare month have we selected a shakespeare no this is the one place (laughs) where we have yet to really lock down what we want to do what i think we're going to probably land on based on all the conversations we had some version of the henriad 
we had talked about coming to approach Shakespeare more from watching Shakespeare. BBC has supposedly fantastic series. Looks fantastic. The mm-hmm. actors are off the charts good. It's just, it looks amazing. Uh, it's called The Hollow Crown. Mm-hmm. And there are two uh, versions. There's a there's a first cycle of the Henriad, and then there's a second cycle. The first cycle is The Hollow Crown. The second cycle is The War of Roses. And it's got like, your Ben Whiteshaw, your Benedict Cumberbatch, your Jeremy Irons, your uh, Tom Hiddleston, Tom Judy Hiddleston. Dench, just a who's who of all those great BBC. Yeah, if they're British, British actors and they're the best, they're they're in here one way or another. And you know, Ray Fiennes is going to be playing mi- a minor role in one of these, probably. Right, yeah, so I'm excited. It's yeah, going to be good. It's going to be really great. I've yeah. I I think I've mentioned this before, but I've gone to the our public library many times. Every time I'm at the public library, I go look to see if it's there to check out, and it's always checked out. And always. I have d- more than once been like, I wonder if this is on Netflix or Amazon Prime, and of course it's not. So I just don't subscribe to the right streaming services. I guess we do we did we did we do want to. I think probably from now on, when we do Shakespeare, our strategy has changed a little bit, perhaps based on the fact that your wives hated our. Shakespeare episodes, um, and somewhat justly, because it's hard to talk about Shakespeare. We just thought one way, so an entry point to just give us something concrete, because it's a play. It's like reading a script for a movie. Shakespeare and, was never meant to be read. Shakespeare was meant to be watched. Right. Yep. So we'll probably so, still read the play just to see what they... To, to take it on on uh, neutral terms, but the, the plays are meant to be interpreted. Right. With The Hollow Crown, for mm-hmm. instance, you're going to get uh, one of the greatest Shakespeare speeches of all time in One Sport to the Breach. Difference. There's so many different ways that speech can be given. Mm-hmm. You almost want to be as much a critic or more a critic of of the interpretation <clears throat> as you do. And you don't even want to be a critic of Shakespeare, right? You just want to accept the fact that Shakespeare is brilliant. And if you don't like the play, it's because you don't like the interpretation. Yeah, well, it's been hard to talk about Shakespeare because we all agree he's great. And then it's like, what do you say? Like, this was great. Good job, Shakespeare. Yay, great. Like with Jane Austen, she's, I think, has equal sort of stature in the bookending at least, but she's so, if you're reading her the right way, she's so different than what's being fed to us that you have a lot to talk about. Like, Because you have so much to contrast her with. So much to contrast her with. And so certainly the way the ways that stupid people try to interpret her and wicked people try to interpret her, you have something that you want to attack. And so you have a lot to talk about with Jane Austen. And she's just going to have fun stuff to, you know, funny characters and lines and stuff. With you, Shakespeare, sometimes, you know. Yay, we read a Shakespeare play. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, we had, we, we had a little. I had a little. I, I, I won't necessarily blame it entirely on you guys. I'll blame you guys a little bit. I'll, I'll give you guys 30% of the blame. But I, I have trouble coming up with good questions as a host, a way mm-hmm. to lead the conversation. Just like, how are you supposed to talk about it? I mean, try it sometime. Try hosting the greatest Christian book podcast of all time and asking questions of the pastor who's a master of reading, scholars of Bali, and try to get a conversation going on a Shakespeare play. It's not as easy as it looks. Nope. Brandon, I, I believe. You. you believe. Well, you. your wife told you exactly how easy yeah, it is. Yeah, she told me. She... She gave to <laughs> Yeah, so that's our plan to to make the wives happy. You guys won't be hit over the head with rolling pins or anything like that after the wives listen to those the wonderful episodes that we're going to be doing on Shakespeare this year. So that's August. September comes and we have a contemporary author. A contemporary a book author. that I know nothing about. I can't remember what it is. Well, the author would be one Cormac McCarthy. Oh. And the book is boy. Blood Meridian. Blood we're Meridian. Doing that. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> well, that's all we need to say. Is <laughs> moving into October. Hold on, have... <laughs> hold, hold, hold on to your hats, people, because it's going to be quite the adventure. <laughs> I want to be 
very clear about this one. This book is the most violent book that I've ever read, and I've read some books. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to anybody. It's also maybe a masterpiece. I don't know. I read It's it. not maybe a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. His style is unlike anything you've ever read. It's Faulknerian. It's also biblical in yeah. proportion. It's just, it's it's otherworldly. It's weird. His characters are otherworldly and weird. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun read. Maybe we'll decide that it doesn't amount to anything. Maybe we'll end up saying people shouldn't read it. Uh, maybe you want to listen to the episodes first before you read it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just, I, I want to be clear. If there's with- a questionable book on this list going into it, this is probably it, right? Yeah, yeah, and I read it when I was younger, and maybe with more maturity, I'll look at it and say, this actually doesn't matter if the style's good. This is just too much. I don't know. I just, I don't want anybody to go into it as a bookening recommendation. We, we've been doing this for three years now. We decided to do a more challenging book. We've not wanted to, you know, there's been <laughs> just a night, actually, fun story. We were going to record something else. We decided not to record it. We probably don't even we, want to say what it is. Oh, we can go ahead and say what it is. Can we say what it is? Okay. We were gonna we were gonna we were gonna talk about Dennis Johnson as a writer or as mm-hmm. an author, and in particular mm-hmm. we we're gonna talk about Jesus Son. Johnson's one of those guys that we had all read before at various stages of our lives and really thought he was great in at least one way or another. Coming back to Jesus Son, there's so much awful. Yeah. In Jesus' Son, that we didn't even want to try to talk about it. Didn't want to try to decide whether or not we could commend it. We were all pretty sure that we just can't. You probably shouldn't read Dennis Johnson. Yeah. Right. Very poetic and very uh, tremendous stylist. But you know what? Style's not every. If style were everything, we wouldn't be the best Christian podcast. Right. <laughs> exactly. <That's> right. <laughs> so substance has to come into it too. Right. And uh, the substance of Johnson is questionable at best. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, we're not doing the podcast because we couldn't quite decide. By the way, if you ever wondered why we never said anything about Apocalypse Now, because I don't think we actually ever did on record say anything about Apocalypse Now. Same same reason. Same reason. It's a really well-made movie. and um, But wicked. Yeah. <laughs> it's also, yeah. So Blood Meridian is such a well-written book that I think it's worth at least wrestling with. And, and it's, it's different. But hey, if you don't want to wrestle with it, then God bless you, don't wrestle with it. I mean, honestly, it's really violent. I just, I I don't want to put a burden on anybody's conscience about that. Feel free to, you'd probably still be fun, interesting episodes to listen to. And maybe by the end of those episodes, we'll say, well, I sure hope you didn't waste your time on this. I don't know. Just talking about it now, I wouldn't be surprised if one of us decides not to finish it. Yeah. And that'll be okay. That'll make for fine episodes. Yeah. Maybe all of us will decide not to finish it. But it is one of those books that everybody talks about as being a true masterpiece by a, if there is any living writer that has the potential to join the... The pantheon, yeah. Yeah, the, the conversation is one of the greats. It's Cormac McCarthy. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is a book and that so, people put on a list with, like, Moby Dick, with, like, this is going to be one of the books that people remember. Maybe it won't, but certainly that's how a lot of people... So we're going to try to figure out why that is and whether or not you should care. Right. And Jake, you've not read it. You've not read any Cormac McCarthy. No, I was I was gifted a copy of The Road a couple years ago. I did start it for one reason or another, got distracted and never finished it. So, Which if we wanted to take the easy way out, we'd just do The Road because everybody kind of likes that one. But even that's pretty intense. And um, it's pretty dark. And pretty yeah. dark and brutal in parts. But The Road would be maybe an easier one to wrestle with. But the the Blood Meridian is his, his masterpiece, for better or for worse. And... Uh, we think uh, our listeners are mature enough and we're far enough along and people kind of know where we're, where we're at.
that. And uh, we just thought it'd be interesting to try something a little bit more challenging. So um, again, use your judgment on that one. But that's what we'll be talking about for at least a few episodes in the month of September. September. Followed by October, baby. October. Spooky. spooky. This is whatever you're going to say. I don't even remember what it is, but it'll be spectacular, I'm sure. Well, we have a very special occasion, which is the 200th anniversary of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yay. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> Hashtag special. <laughs> yeah. Walk this way. This way. I ain't got no body. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> we're going to read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, guys. <laughs> could not be less excited about this one. <laughs> Same here. Um, what a drag of a book. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got rid of The Stranger, which was kind of a, it's now, a, something we have to contend with. No, um, no, no, no. The Stranger and Frankenstein were both books that came to us from our readers, or yeah. listeners, rather. Uh, our listeners. <laughs> our readers. Oh, what Thank you, they listeners. They came up with the, somebody suggested the Bookiners. The Bookiners. Thank you, Bookiners. Thank you, Bookiners. We are reading Frankenstein. The pastor who's a master of naming things came up with that name as a name for our fans. I love and it. And like the I very next day, we got an email from somebody calling us the Bookiners. Oh, did <laughs> Yeah, well, um, so the, the fine Bookiners, they recommended Frankenstein. I do not mean to be a negative Nancy about this, or a negative nabob, or whatever your your negative um, alliterative, yeah, whatever your alliterative negative followed by an end name uh, thing is. Have tr- I tried to read Frankenstein when I was young and into horror uh, a couple times, and it sure didn't do it on that level for me. And so I've kind of got a bad taste in it for for that. I gave up both times, I think. You know, because I read Dracula, Jackal and Hyde, you know, all that, you know, the ghost stories of M.R. James. I really liked all that old stuff. And then I tried Frankenstein and it was just like, oh, whatever the Universal Monster movies have to say, this isn't really functioning on that level. Now, maybe knowing that going into it, I'll really love it this time. I don't know. I'm looking forward to finding out. I'm giving you, I guess, my baggage check right now that I have some like, oh, well, it's not Boris Karloff going and he's chasing villagers. And that's kind of what I was expecting. And I'm a little disappointed. I have I have that feeling that comes with Frankenstein for me. Yeah, well, at least make some hay talking about who Mary Shelley is, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Fun. Have you read Frankenstein, Brandon? Yeah, a long time ago. A long time it ago. It was dense, hard to make it through. But maybe I'll love it now. Yeah. It'll probably be better than Dracula. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> I don't know about that first part of Dracula, man. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It'll be better than the last third of Dracula. The last third of Dracula. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to be better than the last third of Dracula, but the first part of Dracula is awesome. It's like a Wile E. Coyote chase. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And Dracula's just making one dumb mistake after another. Well, I brought all my graves here. <laughs> Oh, shoot. <laughs> They're like, there's Dracula. Let's kill him. <laughs> oh, he's dead. Uh, I guess Quincy sacrificed. The Texan sacrificed himself. Brandon. That's right. It's what we do. Yep, yep. <laughs> Even when we don't need to. <laughs> Your opponent has the dumbest plan and <laughs> is clearly on his last legs right. and has a bunch of dirty gypsies fighting for him. Yep. <laughs> you still sacrifice yourself and right. die heroically. So I plan to go out. We'll be like walking across the street one day and I'll throw myself in front of a car unnecessarily. <laughs> I saved you. We'll just be on the sidewalk. He'll just <laughs> yeah. jump into traffic. No, no, no. Uh, well, I appreciate it in advance. You're welcome. And um, I'll say a few nice words at your... I'll, I'll name my first son after you. I kindly appreciate it, sir. <laughs> Brandon 
Albertson. Jake, you read Frankenstein? You have any associations? You seen you watch the old Universal Boris Karloff movies or Yeah, anything? I've seen enough Frankenstein-y stuff. Yeah, it's all universal to right. me. So I know a lot of people really Monster like it. Squad. Yeah, 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 Monster Squad. Frankenstein's the sympathetic <laughs> he, monster, right? The monster's the sympathetic hero. Frankenstein's monster's a sympathetic hero. Yeah, he's like one. a lovable lunkhead. Yeah, um, and it gives us the tearjerker uh, sad moment at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, the little girl or something. gives. Yeah, him. he saves Phoebe and he's holding on to her finger and then he lets go and she throws scraps her little dog to... That's right. Sad. The tear-jerking moment of the mall. <laughs> yep. Many a tear was in the, jerked. In the monster squad, that's right. <laughs> um, I do not want to make anybody not look forward to Frankenstein. It might be great for all I know. I just, I'm just i just telling you what my, so my perhaps completely erroneous associations with it are, which are the associations of a man who wanted it to be something that it wasn't. And that's never a good way to approach a book. You should be like, what is this book? And then you should judge it on the merits of that instead uh, of... That's right. Um, and it's hard for some of these old books that have a bunch of cultural baggage of a hundred years worth of movies and stuff, you know? So um, I know a lot of people really love it. I know a lot of people say of all that cycle of things that did get turned into universal monster movies, it's the one that's actually a good, interesting, thoughtful novel, unlike Dracula, which is more of a pot boiler, unlike some of the other things that uh, the Phantom of the Opera is certainly just a pot boiler. All, all those, a lot of those things are just like second rate, but there are people that will argue, I know that Frankenstein is actually first rate. Maybe it's a great novel, just not a good pot boiler, in which case that's that's fine. I, we'll, we'll find out. We're looking forward to it uh, for October. And October, of course, is followed by November. Yeah. What's happening in November on the fine program? This is where we move into basically for the rest of the year into Brandon's wheelhouse. Brandon's wheelhouse. My wheelhouse. Yeah. November, we... Uh, take on our second compilation of short stories. Oh, boy. A Good Man is Hard to Find by Ooh, Flannery O'Connor. Flannery O'Connor. What a good Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Happy holidays, I forgot everybody. we did that. <laughs> I forgot that we were doing that. That's an interesting thing. That'll be fun, yeah. 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 And we may end up having a guest on for that one, right? Yeah, yeah. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Obviously, we all... Love Flannery O'Connor. Yeah. Can we just say that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Fun fact, the, the, <laughs> the entire inspiration behind doing this podcast was based on a night at Brandon Chastine's house. I don't remember why we were there. I think there might have been some ostensible reason besides fun. Maybe we were just hanging out because we're all you know, we're, we're all friends IRL in real life. I was on my way home from an elders meeting that was meeting at Tim Bailey's house. Yeah, so surely we had some, there was some point. There was, yeah, I was, there was wanted me to be there. Yeah, yeah, I there was some kind of why. probably related to. It probably to, re- was related to the My Soul Among Lions or the Psalm Project. Or yeah, something like or something, something, Warhorn Media would have been in its fledgling state, probably not even called Warhorn Media at the time we were working on something together we all got together on brandon's porch we may or may not have imbibed some uh, fine uh, uh whiskey from, yeah Wh- whiskey whiskey. <laughs> whiskey jake or brandon or somebody wasn't me ended up me. reading out loud the river which is oh a, no no we made brandon read it yeah but it was i, I was ended up reading that, it yeah yeah because brandon was the only one that could hold it together long enough to read read it uh so he read uh the river while me and jake sat there on brandon's porch and bawling. cried it <laughs> <laughs> was a great night yeah. the river is one of my favorite flannery o'connor stories ever oh man it's yeah. super sad it's, it's so, sad. so sad it's so sad but me and jake sat there and bald i'd never heard the story before but i loved flannery o'connor and uh 
Brandon read it. We cried. We cried. We and, cried. And we talked to literature late into the night and we gave each other a hug. And yeah, that was actually when, when, when me and Jake were thinking about, you know, we want to get into podcasting. I, one of the things that we thought about was we want to do a literature, you know, it'd be, let's just Nathan do says some. we, it was really Nathan. Well, okay. I oh. said, we want our first podcast to be something that we just know we'll like. We want it to be with people that we like. We want it to be something that we'll be comfortable with, where the relationship Place where we can feel free to just to just experiment, as you may or may not have noticed that we've done from time to time on the bookening, various experiments, some of them more successful than others. So we just said, you know, let's get Brandon in. So and uh, let's talk about literature with Brandon and uh, maybe people will like it. And it turns out you did. So thank you very much. It's very gratifying. And so we went to we went to the tap with Brandon and we got some some beers. Not all of our interactions are alcohol fueled, by the way, just uh, not all. <laughs> some of them. We we got some beer and we said, "Hey Brandon, you wanna you wanna be on the the this podcast about literature?" And and you said, "What, Brandon?" I said, "Boy, would I!" <laughs> Boy, would I! Yeah, that's right. And then we said, "What are we gonna call this podcast about literature?" And then we all uh, spent back the next and forth and few weeks pitching titles. And then I came up with nonsense. Nathan knew it was the bookening from the beginning, and he was gonna be satisfied with nothing less. <laughs> and he just determined to to give us a. A couple of weeks to try to argue him into something better. It's not quite true. I didn't actually come up with the booking until we'd all pitched lots and lots of ideas. And then I came up with the booking and I pitched it. Everyone was just kind of like, eh, I don't know. And yeah. I was, I was like, uh, well, you know, let's use it as a placeholder, and uh, we'll see. You know, we, if somebody comes up with something better. Now that was just a lie. <laughs> At that point, my heart was set on it, and I knew if I just. It's one of those things where if you just the bookening sounds kind of silly and weird at first, but then you say it enough and find and then after a while people are brainwashed. It's the title of the show. Yeah. They just accept it. Can't imagine what else we'd call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's called. It's certainly better than close reads. Got my <laughs> eye on you, close reads. You and your twelve episodes on Gilead or whatever it was. Come on. That episode was worth exactly two episodes featuring... Book. The book was worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That book was worth yeah, two episodes. Yeah, how do you get 12 episodes out of that book? I don't know. They did 12 episodes. What do you talk about? I don't know. I mean, when you're the second best Christian literature podcast, yeah. you know, when you're... When Here's you're just... another pretty metaphor. <laughs> and another and another boring <laughs> character. <laughs> <laughs> Is the plot going anywhere yet? <laughs> no, not quite. No. Here's some moral relativism that's less interesting than she thinks it is. And here's some more. <sighs> Gilead, really close reads. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I don't know. Don't you want to be as cool as the bookening? We do like one book a month or sometimes two or I don't know. And we've we got Brandon Chasteen for crying out loud. For crying out loud. You got any Brandon Chasteens on your podcast? Or just a bunch of people that talk about Gilead. Now, continuing in Brandon's wheelhouse, we come to the fine Christmas month of December. That's right. Ho, ho, ho. And we're doing... The most merry of Christmas books. <laughs> Bleak House. Bleak House. I forgot we're doing Bleak House. Yeah, Brandon, now you... you. Uh, oh, I love Bleak you House. You love Bleak House. Is that, it's right up there right with up there. Anna Karenina. Anna Karenina, one of your favorite books yeah. of all time, right? That's right. And so kind of what you were feeling about The Big Sleep is what I'm feeling with Bleak House. I'm really... I, Jake will like it. Yeah. He'll like it. You'll yeah. like it, Jake. I think you've got a better shot with Bleak House than I do with The Big Sleep. I mean, it's a classic. And Jake's it's, never given himself to Dickens. He's just always, you know, he buttons his shirt I down. I am prejudiced against yeah. Dickens. He's prejudiced no, against Dickens. No what I expect will happen Chandler. is one day he'll just come in here and he'll just Charles saying, Dickens God bless in. us, everyone, <laughs> no, Jake. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> Jake will just walk in here. Merry and... Christmas, you old building and loan. <laughs> yep, the, the classic <laughs> Dickens line. Merry Christmas, line. Bleak House. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> 
Merry Christmas, Charles Dickens. <laughs> I hope that's how next year ends. <laughs> It was Jim's money and Bill's money. and That's, that's my favorite Jimmy Stewart line for some reason. And he convinces all the bank people to not withdraw their money. That's my favorite Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> so yeah, so there are two potential endings to next season. Yep. Jake's in love with Dickens or we end on a cliffhanger. Will the podcast Will the continue? Will the podcast continue? <laughs> <laughs> I dare say Jake will like Dickens. I don't want to put words in Jake's mouth, but I mean, Jake likes warm, human, awesome, cool stuff, and Dickens is that. And much like I may or may not have completely wrong ideas about Frankenstein, I think Jake just has some weird baggage with Dickens, and you'd probably be the first to admit it, right, Jake? Yeah, absolutely. So, Bleak House, the story of a, a house that's rather bleak. That's right. That's all you need to know. I've, I've seen the BBC thing. I remember it has a lot of weird swooshy camera angles, and... Um, it's nothing like what people think of Dickens. Has the strange caricatures, but it's a it's a bleak story. <laughs> it's about this family who's wrapped up in this court case that just has never ended, and all the people who get drawn into it, mm-hmm. and the world surrounding it, and this strange mystery. It we've talked briefly about it with uh, the detective stories because yeah, it has a Mr. Bucket is introduced in Bleak House, one of the earliest detectives, mm-hmm. and you also have a um, a scene of spontaneous combustion <laughs> where a man blows up in flame. This is great. And it's there's like oily the, residue left on the wall. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a something else. Now me and book. Jake get to spend the entire book wondering, who will yeah. it be? Who will the spontaneous combust, yeah. combusty? There's murder and... Yeah. Finances. Finances and, and <laughs> legal debates. <laughs> no, I, I I have not read I've I've read my share of Dickens, not as much as I would have liked to have read, but I've 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 read your tale of two cities and your Oliver Twist and your, you know, uh, various Dickens and I'm I, I love Dickens. David Copperfield is a favorite of mine. Uh, and I'm I'm really looking forward to Bleak House and I anticipate that it'll be a fantastic ending of the year and that we'll all love it. But uh, maybe it'll end with Brandon in tears and Jake storming out and uh, Nathan left to pick up the pieces and oh, man. just do Halloween puns all by himself. <laughs> <laughs> that will be quite the ending. Which is really the podcast that I've been building towards all along. So, <laughs> so 2018, are we excited, fellas? Good lineup? Yeah. I think it's a good lineup, yeah. Our listeners should know that we've made changes in every season that we've done. We've so. made changes in every season. We gave up one book because it was by that hack Dostoevsky who can't hold a tan- candle to any decent writer. That one's for you, G.K. Rafterton. And last this last year, it actually wasn't our fault. We we put it to a vote because we knew we needed to do Boys of Blur, and so we put it to a vote. What did people want to axe? And it turned out people wanted to axe Mr. Borges, so uh, Senor Borges got axed. Apparently for uh, good. Yeah. Maybe for good, yeah. But I'd like to swing around to Borges someday, you know, season 13 or something like that. When we're in our 40s and wow, the podcast is a million-dollar enterprise and yeah. we go to the Bookening Mansion and, you know. The Labyrinth. The Labyrinth. What book are you looking most forward to, Jake? I'm just going to say either The Big Sleep or Ready Player One. Those are the two. Um, for me, I think the two least known quantities. Yeah, it'll be... Whether they're good or bad, at least it'll be it's a exciting. surprise and interesting. Yeah, it's a yeah. surprise. Yep. Brandon? Um, the Big Sleep. The Big Sleep has so much weight right yeah, on his shoulders. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I just want to see, like Jake said, I want to see what made uh, why you love it so much. Well, we'll see whether it's... I can guarantee you guys won't love it like I do because it's just one of those things that hit me at the right time. But yeah. you guys might like I think you'll probably like it. Um, 
I'm downplaying it now so that you guys will come in with low expectations. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> no, we get it. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> I love Raymond Chandler. I've got the complete Raymond Chandler letters. I'm a fanboy, okay? So you guys are going to have to just pretend to like it <laughs> just so, so we can still be... <laughs> We also have some fill-ins for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the fill-ins. So every year, obviously, we record... We do four episodes a month. Oftentimes, our books don't go four episodes worth of material. So we have some other books always on standby. This year, we have a couple. We may or may not get to them, but we, I dare say we'll get to some of them. So what are they, Jake? Three books all being made into movies. Hmm. First one, we're going to return to Dame Agatha Christie. Oh. Yes. Witness for the Prosecution. Witness for the Prosecution. I think that's a uh, Ben Affleck film that will be coming out next year. The lovely Danny McNeely. She says that, if you recall, on one of those episodes, she said that Murder on the Orient Express was an atypical Agatha Christie novel insofar as all the characters were intentionally bland and that all my, my grumpiness concerning the blandness of said characters was, in fact, part of the design of that book and that if I read another Agatha Christie book... Or in this case, is it actually a play? Not sure. I think it might be a play. But um, either way, she, she, she posited that were I to in, in, engage in the perusal of another Agatha Christie novel, I would find much more vibrant characters of the type that I like in my literature. We will see if we'll that see. is the case. So Yeah, we'll and see. we may need to have somebody back onto our show for that those Amen. episodes, possibly. Stephen Baker? Yes, that's who I was thinking of. That's who you're thinking of? Lucas Weeks. Lucas Weeks, perhaps. Andrew Henry, has he already been on? Yeah, he's yeah, been he's on. Been on. Yep. Um, yeah. No, oh, Danny's welcome on anytime. Danny, you hear a book that you're interested in in that list? Love to have you on. You're fun to have on. Two more. Two more. Oprah Winfrey, I think, is starring in the uh, in this <laughs> oh, yeah. film. Oh. oh, yes. Madeline Lingle's Wrinkle in Time. A book that I liked quite a bit as a kid. Yeah. A book I never read. And never have read. Have you read any Madeline Lingle? No. It's a book I never really planned to read, but I guess I will be. (laughs) (laughs) Jake, you've read it? Read it while Mrs. Culliver read it to us or made us read it. Mm -hmm. Charlotte's Web was also a Mrs. Culliver book for me, Mm -hmm. along with Johnny Tremaine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, so I read A Wrinkle in Time in fifth grade, and I read it again not too long ago. I don't remember why. To your kids? Were no, it wasn't to my kids. I just had probably only take you a couple hours. To yeah, I found a copy laying around. It was probably like on vacation or something like that and picked it up and read it. And wasn't so much a fan the second go around, but we'll see how it goes this go around. The movie trailer has a creepy version of a pop hit with a female vocalist. Who? That sounds like good formula to get people into films or into theaters to see a bad movie. It's been used by a lot of movie trailers lately. I'm a, I like it, but I'm a little tired of it maybe. It's got some creepy lady going, sweet dreams are made of these. Like not the, oh, opening. Like the opening to uh, <coughs> Man in the High Castle. Is that what it is? I don't know. I haven't watched Man in the High Castle. I'm not a sinner. The Microsoft Surface uh, commercial. Does it have? Or not the Surface. The, you remember the big... I remember the commercial, and I remember that it was a really well-done commercial. I don't remember what song it used. I neither, but it was the same kind of thing. The Suicide Squad trailer had one. That's right. The Avengers Age of Ultron had, quite famously, the uh, no strings to hold me. It only was like a creepy female vocalist version. 
People like to do they take a peppy pop hit and have a do a creepy female vocalist, slap it on your trailer, you make a million dollars. Well, if you made a million dollars, that'd be really bad. That would hardly pay for craft services. Probably would not pay for craft services on most movies. And that's what's wrong with cinema today. Brandon's pounding his fist in agreement. Ow. Ow. So is that our third book or our, our second book? That's, that's our second. second. There's right. a third one. Also chosen because there is a movie coming out, oh, but the trailer has since dropped. And it looks awful. Looks it looks oh, like it, the dumbest thing ever. What it's is the, I don't know the trailer what it is. is James Corden's Peter Rabbit. Oh, I didn't watch the trailer. I saw that it was James Corden. Yeah, it's bad. Like, no, it, it's it is. terrible. It's no, none of us are going to want to watch that movie or take our kids to see that movie or anything yep. like that. It's going to be one of those movies that we I'm just ignore. Touch that movie is it that. just like a DreamWorks like? They want kids to be homosexuals like when they grow up. Sing. It's pretty dumb. Yeah, it's like sing or something. It's oh, so it's just like lots of pop culture and yep. kind of cynical yeah, adult humor. A, and but stuff. Beatrix Potter. Beatrix Good. Potter's great. Yeah, maybe we'll just do it and pretend we won't even mention the movie. Maybe we'll just yeah, be like, mention the movie. Just the probably doesn't deserve any further mention than we've given it. Yeah, probably but not. We can at least say that's why we did thought about it. Because we are savvy. We are savvy. We're nothing if not savvy. Actually, the first two years, there's been multiple movies that have come out based on things, and we've been kind of like, oh, shoot, we should have done that. And so this year, we thought ahead. We looked at what was coming out, decided to do at least one thing, which is Ready Player One. All right, uh, I asked you what you're, you were looking most forward to. Yeah, you I asked me. I asked you. I am uh, really looking forward to the Odyssey, reading the Odyssey again because it's been probably two decades since I read that book or, or thereabouts, and uh, I remember really liking it as a kid. I'm looking forward to re-engaging with the Odyssey, see how it strikes me as an adult. I'm sure I'll still love it. I just have a lot of fond, you know. I often make fun of homeschooling and having to read all those kind of Nobel, not Nobel Prize, but uh, what was the thing we talked about that one time? The books with the Newberry, Newberry Medal Award winners and stuff. But in that same era of reading junk like total filth and garbage like Johnny Trelame. I had to read The Odyssey and I kind of think of it in that category and it like redeems the whole category. Like that's one of those fun books that you have to read as a kid and when you're that age. So I'm really looking forward to it. I have a lot of nostalgia for The Odyssey for, it's probably in homes, homeschooled when I read The Odyssey. I want to say it was fourth or fifth grade and I'm looking forward to that. I'm also just looking forward to Ready Player One. I it could well be the dumbest thing we read, the biggest waste of time, but I think it'll be interesting to find out. And uh, Spielberg movies, never anything to sniff at. I, and I'm looking forward to Bleak House because Charles Dickens is awesome. And yes, he is. I, I think it'll be great. I have not read that one in case I didn't make that clear. But um, I saw the one of the adaptations. I don't remember it very well, but I remember it being really good. Yeah, so I think it'll be a good year. Not very many like uh, titles that like East of Eden or Pride and Pride. Not, 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 not a lot of like tier one titles this year that we're doing you know there is there's nothing that would just like if you looked up the guardians list of the 50 greatest novels nothing that we're reading this year would probably appear on that list right we're, we're, we're doing a little deeper cuts not so much top 10 this year yeah more deep cuts bleak the house. odyssey the odyssey okay sure yeah bleak house <laughs> okay blood meridian <clears throat> but even there the guardian would give you the road or maybe no country for old men for and they'd give you tale of two cities they wouldn't do bleak house and remains uh, of the day remains of the day might actually they might make that list. make one of those lists and what was the other one you said um odyssey oh the odyssey well that's a pretty undisputed classic i guess um <laughs> maybe tier one that's tier one that's tier one by maybe the way not, these are maybe aren't... not after we're through with it <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're coming for you, Odysseus. Or Ulysses, or whatever we're going to call him. What does Zingle call him? Or whatever that guy's name is. Odysseus. Odysseus. Odysseus, I think. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back uh, some other time. Goodbye. Today was written and produced by Nathan Alberson. It was performed by Brandon Chastain. It was performed by Jake Nunzel. It was performed by Nathan Alberson. And you can go to thebookening.com forward slash Patreon. Strike that. Reverse it. Patreon.com forward slash thebookening to give us money. I want to thank everyone that's given us. We're up to about $200 now, guys. Isn't that gratifying? Isn't that nice? That's yeah. great. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. With one fell swoop, you can put us up to $300 a month and get your book on mm-hmm. 2019 reading list. Yep, yep, yep. Breaking Dawn, if that's what you want us to do. I think it would be fun to do one of the Twilight books. I don't know why anybody would want us to do something that's so completely out of date, Pop. You know, it's not even a good f- joke anymore. But um, maybe somebody uh, wants us to do something like Raider Ready Player One, where we were one step ahead of that. Maybe they want us to do the next thing like that. I don't know. Maybe they want us to do the new Hunger Games. Well, I don't know what the kids are reading, but maybe they want us to read what the kids are reading, in which case, you know, as long as it doesn't have a bunch of sex scenes and stuff, we might do it. That'd be fun. Or maybe you just want us to read uh, Nostromo or... Um, the Complete Calvin and Hobbes. Maybe you want us to read The Complete Calvin and Hobbes. Totally would do The Complete Calvin and Hobbes. I would, too. If you paid us... 100 bucks a month, <clears throat> sure. Yeah. I mean, we might do that one anyone, but probably right. not. We, we, need, we need a little you extra You want to pick a now. graphic novel? Yeah, you can... Yeah, sure. All-Star Superman, The Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen. Uh, be careful about the questionable content there, but, you know, we'll work with you a little bit within reason. You know, or maybe you're just, you're just some boring person that's like, why don't these guys read The Scarlet Letter? Well... You can do that too. Hundred bucks. You want to re- tr- really push us and try to get us into nonfiction? Hundred bucks a month <clears throat> might do that too. We've had people request certain books. Amusing ourselves to death by Neil Postman's been a book that's come up yep. n- a number of times, and we've refused because this is literature, right? It's <laughs> not fiction. But but for hundred bucks a month, yeah. hundred bucks a month, mm-hmm. we might we might visit Postman or Strunk and White or. Whatever Stephen King on writing, or yeah, sure, 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 yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe you can think of a Stephen King book that doesn't have a bunch of gratuitous sex scenes, and you'd like us to read that. I don't know, you know, whatever. Use your imagination and your checkbook and or your card. And the point uh, is, we can be bought. We can be bought. We can. We are for sale. We are for sale. Just go to patreon.com forward slash the booking. Also, if you want to do us a favor for free, that would arguably mean just as much. Although, if you're thinking about giving us money, I still don't. I don't want to take the pressure off. But if you want to do something nice for us and you don't you, you don't have a dime to spare, it all go toward buying your children's diapers or whatever. I understand. Just go to iTunes. If you got the Apple, go to iTunes.com forward I don't know what it is. Go to find our thing on Find us there. Rate. Rate review. review. How many stars should they give us, Jake? One? Uh I want to say at least one, but I would prefer they give us five stars. Five stars would be That's the right. preferable amount. And then you write like, it's a great podcast. Nathan asks such interesting questions. I love the Halloween puns. You just write that. But preferably you say like, Jake, you know, he's insightful. He's godly. He's a pastor. He's amazing. Brandon, he comes with the context. He's intelligent. He's handsome. 
And of course, my favorite part of the show is the part at the beginning where they tell jokes and yeah, say yeah. That. enjoy each other's company because I just like being a part of their friend group. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or be a curmudgeon and hate on that part. Yeah, yeah, you can, but give us five stars. But still give us five stars. Yeah, five star review. Wish that the opening of the show would be shorter. Five stars. I'll take it. Whatever you want to do. Just go to iTunes and leave us a rating or review. And uh, yeah, thanks yeah. for listening, Brandon. Thank you. People who hate on the first part of the show they're just jealous that this friendship circle is closed yes exactly they just wish they could be part of it that's that's the reason uh yep brandon's not only a a great scholar of reading he's also a psychologist that's right just like freud yep just like freud hey you want us to do freud 100 bucks a month probably won't uh, do it draw the line there. yeah we draw the line there 500 bucks a month though we'll talk yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay the future of an illusion it's really short and really stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll just, that'll be our review. It'll be a very <laughs> short episode, and you'll, it'll cost you 500 bucks a month. And we'll make sure it goes several months before we do the episode. Thanks for listening! Say thank you, Jake! Thanks, guys. 